0: This is Joel Getzinger, founder and owner of Flight Action Sports, San Diego County's premier six on
1: six flag football, five on five basketball, and six on six indoor volleyball league organization. Come join us and get a piece of all the action, one of our year-round recreational and competitive leagues. FAS offers player and team statistics, all-star attorneys, and countywide championships with our focus being on the players. To learn more or to get signed up today, go to (laughs) FlightActionSports.com. the world go round, I wonder who they write them checks to, tell them I need me more than a few check, while check out like hotel room too. who we make concern without air, fire won't burn, candle lit, full moon and shit, full metal alchemists, raw activists, camp red, octagonist plots, Thought bubble resemble clouds, look with the wind blue and I'm ruined, fuck is you doing, anti-unofficial, artificial, authentic, out the womb, made in June, tell mama I'll be back soon, in bloom, in tune with the stars, AMF Kim. Hello San Diego, this is episode 2 of the Sports Talk San Diego Podcast. I'm your host, Navante Spence, and it's been a very interesting weekend, man. I watched the Pro Bowl, which I'm slowly starting to lose interest for. I kind of think, I kind of hope that we'll kind of just keep it to like the skill challenges because. I'm kind of done with the half ass football game, but I guess it's cool for the kids. Um, I flipped a couple channels. I watched the NHL All-Star game. I think it was Central versus Pacific, and that was kind of interesting. It was a 10-3 to game, a complete blowout, which I've yeah. never actually seen in hockey, and they're actually scoring a lot in hockey now, and that's crazy. Not really a big hockey fan, but I have to say that, caught my attention but today's monday january 30th and i have a guest on my show today somebody that you guys might want to get familiar with his name is dk and from soccer nation and he's been kind of like my resource to all this soccer talk and this mls to sd thing um dk how you doing today man
0: good man good thank you uh thank you for having me on always appreciate the opportunity to uh Talk about the game that means the most to me, uh, which is soccer. The other football, um, but yeah, man, I'm good. Good, just uh, kind of winding
1: down from a crazy busy day. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about that, man. But before we get into all that, man how how was the how was the USA and the the uh, Serbia game yesterday? Was, you attended it? it didn't was, you? Yeah,
0: I attended the game. I was I was up actually in the press box of the game for most of it. So. Different sort of perspective. I feel like usually when I will go to games, I'm, I'm still familiar, or at least I guess most familiar, with watching from the stands as a fan, you know. But within the last couple right. of years, you know, I've sort of, you know, embarked upon this journalist media role that I have here with Soccer Nation as the editor. Um, so nowadays, when I go to games, luckily, I, you know, I'm in the press box and I get to talk to other people who have uh, just, you know, a wealth of information. So for me, even yeah. though the results on the field, I mean the game finished zero zero. Right? And you know, in soccer you can have ties. Some, sometimes a, a tie is like the worst thing in the world. Sometimes you can not see the best game in the world that finishes in a nil nil or is or a one one or a, a five five draw, you know? But yesterday's zero zero tie was, was for me not the most exciting. Uh, the game itself was what they call a January camp friendly. And and typically the way that uh, soccer works is you have club teams and you have countries, you know, what they call club versus country. They don't typically play against each right. other, but, you know, the, those are like the two silos. You know, you typically have, you know, the club, like an example of a soccer club would be like Barcelona, Manchester United, you know, Bayern Munich, all these teams that you hear about, you know, the types of people like, you know, Real Madrid, Cristiano, you know, Ronaldo plays for Real Madrid. Obviously, we're all very familiar right. with, with those big teams. But then at the same time, you have the whole international component. You know, soccer is kind of like the world's most popular game. So uh, basically in every country that, uh, that that the game is organized in, uh, they all have some kind of national team. And typically what happens is FIFA, the governing body, I mean, I know it's a video game. It's the name of the video game that everyone plays, but it's also like the governing body of, uh, of soccer itself. They designate, I guess, basically the, the calendar for any given year. So typically they have okay. certain dates of a calendar that are available for international games, like countries playing against other countries. And they have other dates of the year where it's like regular season and it's clubs, you know, playing against other clubs. Um, For whatever reason, in this country, the United States, Major League Soccer, which is our kind of top tier professional league, we don't always adhere to the regular FIFA calendar. Like for, I guess, the, the average club team, plays a regular season that runs from like august through to like may and Mm -hmm. instead of doing that calendar here in the united states we we basically run our schedule from march through to like october november playoffs in november and then like usually the the playoff final is like that first week of december so Mm -hmm. um for us and the game, and I'm only giving all this context because the, the game yesterday, part of the reason that it wasn't that great of a game was that all the players who played in it from Major League Soccer, uh, they have been in the off season for their last, you know, two, three months. They've kind of been, you know, relaxing, winding down, enjoying yeah. their, their time, you know, kind of outside of the season. They're starting to build up for the season, which is why they have what yeah. they call the January camp. But the January camp is, it's not in one of those dates that's just designated as a competitive game. So, you know, the United States has players that are, you know, based in Germany or based in England or based in France or some of these other countries. But because their dates and their calendars are slightly different, we didn't get to pick basically our best squad, uh, for this game. Mm, We picked, we, we picked basically the MLS. All-Star, I mean, you could call them the, like, the American MLF All-Stars, basically, who played yesterday. And there's some very good players, obviously, I mean, Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, uh, Jermaine Jones, these are some of the names who, even in our, you know, strongest starting 11, would probably be there, thereabouts. I mean, Michael Bradley is the captain, you know, he's starting every day, regardless. Yeah, but there are other players that we have, you know, who play in the Premier League or who play in, you know, the German Bundesliga. Who honestly are just more competitive than some of the other players that we had at our disposal yesterday. So long story short, yeah, the game, the game itself was not the best game I've ever seen. But knowing that, first of all, it's kind of like our B team, and secondly, it's our B team who's been like on vacation for the last, you know, two months up until the last couple weeks when they just got back into training camp knowing that these guys are still getting fit they're basically still in preseason mode you know i can kind of understand why playing against a serbian team which is also based out of you know players for them uh heavily domestic players you know serbia the serbian league honestly i can't i can't honestly say that i know anything about serbian soccer i know nothing you know there's a couple players here and there who you might have heard of you know uh, nemanja matic from chelsea is serbian Bronislav Ivanovic from Chelsea is Serbian. Uh but neither of those guys played for for Serbia yesterday because for them it was still kind of like their B team, their C team. A lot of young guys um were out there for Serbia scrapping and trying to basically make a name for themselves. Um and I believe that they're in they're in the off season for their league as well. So it was, it was for, for the sake of the game being here in San Diego, it was dope. It was cool like I said to be able to um Kind of go, not just watch the games in the press box, but, you know, the press conferences before and after the games are always interesting. Having the opportunity to talk to a couple of different players uh was interesting. And I think part of the reason that so many people were so excited about the game here yesterday was because of this whole MLS to San Diego uh, concept, you know. We're kind of lined up now as a potential expansion city. And the uh the commissioner from the league was in town to watch the game yesterday uh the president of the United States Soccer Federation was in town. Um and yeah, it's just it's just an overall exciting time to be uh a soccer fan here in San Diego specifically since uh you know in the last week or so since uh since these 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 owners, these FS investor people have kind of surfaced out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about the overall attendance of the game?
0: Overall attendance, I mean, <clears throat> so the, the stadium itself, Qualcomm seats, what, 68, almost 70,000 people. And we brought, we brought yeah, in 20,000. So, yeah, so, so in a stadium the size of Qualcomm, the number 20,000 seems pretty, pretty pitiful, honestly. It, do, it doesn't sound great. It didn't look great from where I was sitting. I heard that on TV it looked okay, but still not great. Um, yeah. but, historically, like I was saying, because the January friendlies, and this is something that they do every year, every year we always do the same kind of preseason camp for the national team with the kind of MLS All-Stars that are American, right? So, historically, I want to say last year they played in in Carson at the LA Galaxy Stadium and they only had 8,000 people there, Mm
1: -hmm. whereas
0: this year we had 20,000. That's a big difference, yeah. That's a big jump, you
1: know, They. yeah. So in
0: that context, you compare us to last year. I think you even compare us to the previous year, January. I think in the previous January, I have to look up the numbers. I haven't looked at them lately. But I want to say that out of the last five games that the United States has played um, that were friendly matches, where basically we're not necessarily competing for anything. It was literally just for, you know, like I said, preseason, it's just to get minutes under your belt. Um, I think this game yesterday had one of the highest tendencies of like the last five non-competitive games that we played here in the States. So that's, mm-hmm. that's encouraging, you know? Um, particularly yeah. also in the context of, you know, most major league stadiums. I think a big part of the reason that the attendance itself was kind of even looked at at all was that, you know, people are looking at San Diego and saying, okay, if major league soccer expands into San Diego, are there even soccer fans on the ground who are going to go to any of the games, you know? And I think that's where right. some, yeah, some people are looking and saying, you know, does, does, does San Diego even have a, a soccer culture, a soccer ecosystem, a soccer community? And I think, you know, right. showing that there were 20,000 people there was solid because, you know, most MLS stadiums are, you know, between 20 and 30,000 seats. So, I guess the logic is that if we can bring 20,000 people to a game that literally means nothing, um, you know, could we bring 20,000 to a game that means a whole lot more if it's, you know, a competitive league game? Could we bring more than 20,000, you know? And I think, I think yeah. you know, seeing 20,000 for a game that, like I said, in the grand scheme of things is not that big a deal, yeah, it's encouraging because I think that with a game that matters, maybe in a nice new stadium, uh With
1: some marquee players, I think
0: that yeah, things would be different.
1: Yeah, definitely. With like a like you would call it a A team from both sides, it would probably have been way yeah. more people.
0: Yeah, and I, I think even even if even if it was still B teams, but they were playing for something that mattered. You know, I think that it's kind of hard to 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 explain sometimes. But yesterday was essentially a, it was a scrimmage. You know, it was a scrimmage that people right. went and paid to go watch. You know. So you're telling me there's a difference between, or at least like in my opinion, in my mind, I see a big difference between a non-competitive friendly game and say we're qualifying for the World Cup, or hey, say that you know it's the Copa America and we're playing against Brazil, or even if it was our B team but playing against like a better team, like who who knows, who cares about Serbia? I mean, if you unless you're Serbian, you know there's, there's there's very little chance that your favorite player comes from there, you know. So, but if right, you put us right. up against a Brazil or you put us up against Mexico, you put us up against even Germany or the Netherlands, you know, some of these other countries that are a little more glamorous and there probably still would have been more people coming out for that too. Yeah, yeah, I see, I
1: see. So, yeah. so you don't think, so you not, so you don't think the overall attendance would affect the the, the Mission Valley Stadium application at all?
0: No, no. That
1: um I think it may it may influence
0: how the Mission Valley people try to market their stadium. But as far as the the design and the numbers, I think a lot of that information's already been calculated. You know, so today, um, you know, they actually officially presented the commissioner with their application to uh to right, basically right. bring a, a new MLS team here. So there's no way that they were waiting on numbers from yesterday to to crunch the numbers to to put that into their application. You know, those 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 calculations have been made, and I think these guys they have a very uh, specific idea as to how they're going to do what they're going to do. So, like I said, what it may do is influence how they go about marketing the thing in the event that it comes up, yeah. but I don't think it's going to change. You know, the design or the overall sort of I guess blueprint that they have in mind already. Right, 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 and you
1: attended. You attended that USS um, Midway press um, conference for the MLS I did. expansion franchise today. I yeah. did. Was I that, did.
0: Bro? It was. It was interesting. It was interesting because I mean, for for your listeners, I'm sure uh, you know, like you said, today is January 30th. A week ago, maybe yeah. a little a little bit more than a week ago, we had no idea who these people were. I think San Diego gets mentioned a lot as an MLS expansion city. But up until a week ago, we had no idea, like, who was actually going to be our owner and, like, legitimately where we were going to play. And then all of a sudden, there's right. this press conference in La Jolla, and this group comes out and says, hey, we've been talking to the league for two years. You know, we prefer typically to do our business in private, but now is the time to kind of bring this to the public eye. You know, here we are. We, I guess it's the company. I guess the firm, the investment firm is called FS Investors. And they went public on Monday last week. I, I got to meet one or two of them on Wednesday of last week. So then, to fast forward into today's um, event, it was really interesting. I mean they they have been very comprehensive, I think, in building their plan, like i said for for mission valley and for MLs in specific or I guess in particular uh they so it's, it's kind of convenient for them that they've kind of had an example uh for the last few years in front of them of what not to do. You know, with this NFL team that's left town now, they basically, all they had to do was look and see, you know, what the Spano family did and basically do the exact opposite. You know, instead of demanding money and demanding handouts, they said, hey, we'll pay for everything. You know, instead of kind of doing things behind closed doors, then you just get like letters on Instagram and stuff. They said, hey, you know, we want to have conversations with the local community. We want to make sure that our plan has something for everyone. So the stadium that they're talking about building it's uh it's um, yeah, I think predominantly in the you know the chief and focal point of the stadium is to be a major league soccer stadium. But they also, you know, have built it with San Diego State football in mind because that's also you know, now with Qualcomm being empty effectively, San Diego State football is looking for a new home. They've also included um some provisions for uh a, what they call a river park which is basically just seems like it's gonna be a nice big massive green uh area that kind of lives right there alongside the san diego river right kind of on the other yeah, side like, of the freeway
1: yeah an attractive place to go
0: yeah yeah yes yeah, bring the family throw the frisbee have your picnic you know do that whole thing they've uh yeah. they've really tried to make it center around uh public transportation. Obviously, the trolley runs straight through Qualcomm now, you know, and I think they want to yeah. make sure that, if anything, they utilize the trolley line that's there now. And also, I think it's the purple line that's being built that's going to go up through to UTC. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a few different ideas as to how they can improve um not just traffic in general in San Diego, but just, you know, this is the year 2017. Climate change is real. I mean, unless you're the guy who sits in the white house who doesn't believe that stuff, you know, the reality is, you know, the reality is greenhouse gases have effects on our, on our ecosystem. So to be able to sort of put an emphasis on public transportation, as opposed to just driving everywhere, that's a good thing in my opinion. Right. Uh, they've also included provisions in their plan that have, um, offices for either you know private companies and corporations who want to come in or that you know maybe instead of using the office for a big company you can pivot that turn it into a classroom for san diego state yeah. uh, students to actually you know obviously further their education um they've also yeah, included good, i mean there's so yeah. many also there's so many also they've included uh residential space you know not i wouldn't even just say homelessness and i mean homelessness is definitely one of san diego's big issues i would say homelessness right. and like our roads are probably the two biggest things that I have a problem with during just my day-to-day life, right? Um, Right. But even outside of homelessness, I mean, just it's hard to find a place to live that's not, you know, ridiculously expensive. So to include additional units of of kind of moderate and and low-income housing that could also be uh, used for students who are, you know, living and going to uh, San Diego State is important. Um, gosh, what else is there? There's so much. I mean, I think they have a couple different soccer fields outside the stadium that are going to be um, included in the project, as well as um various different bars and restaurants. You know, it's going to be kind of, it sounds like a, a popping little nightlife area where, say, before a game, you go, you have your dinner, you have a drink or two or three or however many suits you. You go, you watch the game, you come back out. You go maybe have another bite to eat, maybe have another drink too. you know, whatever it is that you want to do, the nightlife is something that they keep um circling back around and saying, hey, we want to make sure this is somewhere where everyone wants to go and check out and, you know, just a desirable, beautiful place, you know, where people can enjoy their life and, and kind of be like the crown jewel of San Diego. You know, Mission Valley yeah, exactly. is in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Mission Valley is kind of like the heart of Central San Diego. I guess it is just north of downtown. I get that. But as far as like a large undeveloped land where there's nothing really stopping. I mean, one of the things that the Chargers were trying to do when they were building their stadium downtown, obviously they're pushing in the neighborhoods. You know, in order to do that, and they're talking about yeah. maybe they wouldn't do it directly with the stadium itself, but just with expanding their footprint downtown. They wind up inevitably pushing people out. But that's completely different yeah. from Qualcomm where there's nothing there. It's a massive parking lot, you know, and you can do so much, so much in a big parking lot like that. So that's exactly. kind of the plan that has been laid out, that that's sort of been put public, and that's what they presented to the MLS commissioner this morning. Uh, on the deck of the midway, they basically said, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do. These are the people who are involved. Uh, it's the, you know, one of the guys is, um, the owner of the Padres is involved. The owner of the, uh, television network Univision is involved, um, uh, as an investor for the team itself. Uh, they have a few different partners throughout their firm. Um, Mike Stone is, the, I guess, the lead investor for this MLS thing, and he's done a number of different things. Uh, it looks like this organization at one point in the past has also owned the Sacramento Kings, or at least a portion of the Sacramento Kings. So these are very, um, I think, intelligent, business savvy people who are putting this plan together. Yeah. Um, and that, to a certain degree, sort of worries me because not that they're exclusive, but a lot of times when you see someone who knows a lot about business, they don't always know a whole lot about sports. And so for folks like wow. you and me who are more sport oriented, you yes. might kind of wonder and say, okay, I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I can listen to you talk a good game. But if I'm talking about soccer and I'm talking about the difference between a four four two and a four three three, can you tell me that? You know, and I get the sense though that there are people and that's I mean that's a technical question. You know, as a coach I might know that. You know, I might know that yeah. because I've played the game of soccer. But, like, if some guy who just pushes pencils all day, and obviously no offense to anyone who's intelligent, I'm not trying to say that people who are smart don't know sports. Some of the smartest people in the world work in sports because there's quite a bit of money in sports. But (laughs) it's important I think it's important to someone who's a fan of the game at heart to understand and to recognize and to respect that the people who are making sporting decisions have some sort of sporting background, you know? And I've even seen that in some of the conversations I've had one of the guys in particular is a guy named Craig Benedetto, super cool dude, big AS Roma fan, you know, and that's, a, that's an Italian team from Rome. So, you know, he knows a thing or two about the game. We were talking even earlier today about the Man United game yesterday, and he was telling me about Schweinsteiger's bicycle kick. I'm like, wow, like, it's just, it's the little things that people do that that go a long ways toward sort of authenticating them, you know, as, as human beings. Because obviously I know who I am, you know, and I know who my friends are. And I know that we are all yeah. kind of just from a very basic level it sort of in support of this soccer thing. But yeah, yeah. like I said, sometimes when you meet a stranger you don't you know, you don't always trust them straight away. But it's just it yeah. feels good so far to, to have seen these people be as um I guess kinda of just open and accessible as they have been. Um like I said, the the plan that they've put together is pretty comprehensive, touches on a number of different things and I think it makes most people pretty happy.
1: Yeah, I mean the most um the thing that caught my attention the most was that for one, they're not asking like a single penny for from, you know, the people of the community. Mm-hmm. Um and also I read something along the lines of like that they're not only just thinking soccer, like they're actually setting aside like some land for a possible yep. return for an NFL team. And I think yeah. a lot of people I think a lot of people a lot of people should actually really take notice to this because they're actually thinking of bringing back, like, they're actually thinking of the NFL team. Like they're not just thinking of soccer. And I think, yeah, I think they're like, what were you saying, bro? I'm sorry.
0: No, you go. You you finish
1: up. Yeah, I was just saying that, like, I think,
0: because you know how you
1: do have those people that are like, oh, soccer, I'm not really interested in soccer like that. I don't care about a soccer <laughs> team, but with this whole plan, it's like they're not really just thinking soccer, like they're thinking SDSU football. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're setting, they're setting aside acres for a possible return for an NFL team later on. Like,
0: yeah, that's, that's important. I think, I think a lot of what's interesting about these people is that, you know, what, what I think they want more than anything is the land itself so that they can work some of the development issues in. You know, I think the soccer component is massive just because soccer is such a multicultural thing. And, you know, San Diego is such a multicultural place. It almost doesn't right. make sense not to have it. But like you said, the the foresight and the sort of anticipation to say, look, we understand that people are going to be, not even just because people are upset and people are going to miss the NFL, but the reality mm-hmm. is, like you said, some – some people have said, you know, there's one article I read in the UT that kind of got me going a little bit. I was a little heated when I read it, to be honest. Uh, something along mm-hmm. the lines of, you know, thinking about soccer as a replacement is, is being small-minded. You know, that it's a, a, yeah. it, San Diego is too big of a city to have such a – uh, basically you think that soccer is such an irrelevant game that it doesn't match up to the NFL. And, look, maybe domestically here in the United States, yes. I am not going to disagree with the fact that the NFL – and Major League Soccer are on different planets, you know. When it comes to uh, history, obviously MLS is 20 years old. I can't imagine how old the NFL is, but I know that it's what Super Bowl 51 that we're coming up on, 52. I don't know. Um, so um, obviously, 51. there's at least yeah. a 51. Cool, thanks for clarifying that. We're at least 30 years difference, right? So as far as history, yeah. as far as stature, as far as culture, broad, you know, kind of mainstream American culture. Yeah, I'm not going to try to deny. It. The fact that the NFL is is a notch above MLS. But when you talk about games in general and sport in general, you know how many billions of people watch soccer? Like, quite literally billions compared to just a few hundred million. I don't even say a hundred million people watch the NFL. Like, if you look at the numbers for the Super Bowl versus the World Cup Mm -hmm. finals, like, they're not, those aren't on the same planet. And it's the opposite way. You know, the NFL is so, like, it's nothing compared to soccer on a global scale. You know, soccer is the world's game. So for me, like I said, they understand that component, but they do also understand that the NFL is relevant and they want to make sure that if for whatever reason there's another team, whether it's the same team that left, which seems unlikely that they would come back so soon, or if there's another opportunity in the next five years whereby a team can come in, then we'll, you know, we'll keep that door open. You know, there's nothing that says that we don't want the NFL. You know, we want to make sure that we want ideally as many different sports as possible. But right now the reality exactly. is that soccer, soccer is on the rise, you know, more so than any other sport. And if anything, there are a lot of people who look at football nowadays, they look at some of these concussion issues, they see a lot of the different, you know, drug use between players. You see a lot of just violence between players and people who have certain exactly. backgrounds. And they, say, and they say, you know what, the NFL, what is the NFL anymore? You know, and, and is <laughs> right, this something right. where I want my kids? You know, how many people are going to say, hey, I'm, I'm a, say I'm a young father and I have like a six-year-old, seven-year-old kid. Am I going to put my six-year-old in, in football, or am I going to put my six-year-old in soccer? You know? Yeah, I've, actually, a level. I, I've
1: actually questioned myself. I actually questioned myself on something like that um, pretty recently. Like, if I had a son, would I want him to play mm-hmm. football? Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought about the whole little concussion protocols and stuff like that so that's
0: interesting that you bring that up yeah
1: it's interesting I mean I do think that right now when it comes to player salaries look like I said
0: the MLS is is, it's not on the same level as the NFL you know people aren't making the hundreds of millions or tens of millions even that they that they make uh, in football that they you know they're not making that in soccer not here you go internationally and I think it's pretty you know comparable But like, I think the highest paid player in MLS maybe makes like seven or eight, maybe nine million a year, which is a decent amount of money. But I don't think that, you know, you look at even some of the people who are in the same locker room, you know, his teammates, I mean, the the major league salary or major league soccer minimum salary is like 60K, which is nothing compared to, I think the NFL's minimum salary is closer to either three or 400K, you know? So you just look at that as far as just a a baseline. Yeah, it's not quite on the same level just yet. But give it give it five more years, give it ten more years, it's gonna (laughs) change. And plus, for for me, what's interesting, and it's kind of interesting, just at this particular point in time with some of the recent. I don't want. I mean, this is a sports podcast. I'm not gonna get too political. But with some of the other things that are going on. Yeah. Well, with some of the other things that are going on, kind of in our country right now with respect to just different countries and, you know, travel between different countries. Soccer is one of those things that opens the door. I mean, you can go, if you want to be a professional soccer player, you can do that here. You can do that in Mexico. You can do that in Canada. You can do that in Spain, in Germany. You can go to Japan. You know, there are professional soccer leagues all over the world. And the best place in the world goes to all these different teams. You know, in some ways, football is only really played in the United States. You know, I mean I guess they have like <laughs> the right, CFL yeah. Canadian thing, but that's not that's not anything serious. You know, you've got rugby and right. other different places, but realistically the world I mean, we're all humans and humans are all over the world. So realistically, if you really want to talk about what's kind of macro minded, it's the the ability to connect San Diego to the rest of the world. You know, don't worry about the country. Yeah. Like we can supersede the country. I mean we have teams coming in from and that was actually part of one of the, the, the talking points of these guys' plan was, they want to have international teams, England, Germany, Spain, France, Brazil, you know, Japan, have all these teams come and play friendlies here in San Diego. They also want teams yeah. like Manchester United to come and do their preseason here and play games here in our friendlies. So that helps build bridges between this city and the rest of the world. You know, and once you start to build mm, those bridges yeah. out of a sporting nature, that opens additional doors for, for economic opportunity whether it's companies who are right. based in San Diego who can go and now do business in Madrid, Spain, because, you know, so-and-so who owns Real Madrid happened to come here and, you know, meet so-and-so who owns, you know, San Diego FC or whatever our team is called, you know, like that, yeah. that, that notion to me, I think is, is also one of the more powerful components of, uh, of their pitch and these guys' proposals. that It opens the door to the rest of the world, man. Who cares about like that? In my opinion, and this is this is pure opinion in my case. But like the NFL will get you to the rest of the country, but the world is much mm-hmm. larger than the country, you know. And the way things are looking yeah. right now, I don't know if I want to be. Well, I'm always going to be a citizen of the country, but you know, I I want. I think it's important to kind of keep in mind that we're all citizens of the world, you know.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the main thing with this MLS thing, I think people should be be more open minded to it and actually actually get the information and see what they're doing here, because I think it's a brilliant idea. It's
0: a yeah, very brilliant yeah. idea. It's yeah. fascinating. It's fascinating. And and part of the thing that's interesting is that, unfortunately for us, to a certain degree, San Diego is not the only city that looks at the MLS and says, hey, you know, we want that. There are a few different other cities that are all kind of trying to, to expand into MLS. And, um, right. from what I gather, there, there are basically five, five slots in the league. Right now, the league has 22 teams that are going to play the 2017 season, right? Um, mm-hmm. and they've already sort of agreed that they're going to uh, expand to the number of 28 teams. The 23rd okay. team has been decided. Yeah. They're going to start playing next year in LA. Uh, the 24th team should be in Miami. I think they still have a few things to work through. But there are basically, you know, four, maybe five, depending on how Miami goes, uh, different slots to expand uh, the league into. But there's like 10 or 11 different cities around the country who are all interested. You know, Sacramento, Cincinnati, Detroit, Tampa Bay, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. Like there's a couple different other spots around the country that are all kind of looking at the same thing that we're looking at. The upside, though, for us, I don't think I've seen as comprehensive of a plan from any of these other cities, except for Sacramento. I, I have to give respect to Sacramento. They have been doing this thing a little bit longer than we have. I mean, our bid just came to life last week. Sacramento's been mm. basically ready for MLS for the last two or three years. They have a team already that plays at the equivalent of the D-League level. You know, they they have a fan base. They have a stadium already. They have everything that they need to basically turn and play in the MLS next week if they wanted to. Um, oh, okay. So credit to Sacramento. They're ready. And I would think that Sacramento is one of those five teams. No, I mean, Sacramento, like I said, I think we were kind of talking earlier, and Sacramento is not a, a, a very kind of dynamic or sexy place. You know, when you say, hey, I want to go on vacation, right. where do I want to go? And Not not very many people say, I want to go on vacation to Sacramento. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. soccer exists there. And and the soccer business that they've put together there uh, is, is quite strong. I think some of the owners from the Kings and also the San Francisco 49ers are involved in a Sacramento MLS team. So, no, they know what they're doing. They know how to handle it. But, you know, teams like yeah. San Antonio, you know, I think even maybe Austin, Texas is looking at a, at a bid, perhaps. Like, there's a lot of other cities around the country who kind of look and see what we're doing uh, here in San Diego and say, oh man, I, we kind of wish we were as ready as they are. Because for us, all we need to do, basically, as far as this thing actually becoming real, um, They basically, the the FS investors, they're trying to um, uh, gather a few signatures for what they want to call a a citizen's initiative. They basically, a big part of their plan, the the crucial, the most crucial part of their plan, actually, uh, is that they plan to buy the land from the city. Now, right now, the city of San Diego owns Qualcomm, the property underneath there. Um, And basically, what these guys want to do is buy the land and then do a few things to it, including, you know, this new stadium that we were talking about. The process for buying land from the city can be uh, lengthy or it could be quick and short. And they're basically saying because there's so many other cities that are trying to get into MLS, if this thing turns into some long and drawn-out thing where it goes to a vote in the year 2018 at the next, you know, kind of midterm elections, it's just realistically there's almost no point in them trying because by then, you know, these slots would have been filled up already. So they're basically saying right. that we want the city to agree to sell us the land without you know a public vote, and the way that they can do that, the I mean I guess the, the legal means for them to do that officially and, and you know not illegally, is to basically gather signatures from people who live in the city of San Diego. So the next Please phase of on. their plan, and I guess basically the the action item for you know those of us who live here that we can do. Um, is basically to, to stay tuned. I think they should be making us announcements in the next few days about where you can go and find a petition to sign. You basically just need to sign up okay. to, as long as you're a registered voter in the city of San Diego. You go, you sign up. They need a hun. they say they want a hundred and twenty thousand signatures by June. Which seems like a lot mm. to me. I, I don't know if they really need that much. I think they're probably shooting a little bit over the top. That way they can just make yeah. sure that they, I mean, cause here's the thing, if you, if you aim at the bottom and you somehow miss, then you're screwed. But if you aim a little bit high and, okay, you land where you need to be, then you're, you're good. So they say the number 120,000 signatures by June. And that number basically, once they hit a certain number, it will kind of what they call compel the city council to vote as to whether or not they want to sell this land to these people. So that's the only, yeah, I guess that's the only thing that's still up in the air. That's the only thing that's not really concrete, done and dusted. But, you know, we have, you know, four or five months to kind of make that happen. And I think that it's doable. Obviously, I mean, I know people like myself will be very involved in, in trying to gather signatures. I apologize in advance if you start to see some propaganda coming out from me you know, it's going to (laughs) happen. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. You know,
1: we got to get to it. I was going to say, we got to get together and get this thing going. We got to get as many people behind this thing as possible before the idea is out the window, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's the
0: thing. I mean, time is of the essence, you know, and, and no, nothing ever lasts forever. Even opportunity, opportunities like this definitely won't last forever because, you know, say, for example, like I said, if this thing goes to a vote or if someone else comes up with a different plan that winds up kind of just you know breaking down the unity that we're trying to build around this yeah, it might we might have some challenges, but at this point, yeah. a week into the thing i I still have not heard anyone say uh that this isn't a good idea. I haven't heard anyone say that um it won't work. I haven't seen or talked to very many people who don't seem very excited about it, you know, they very much do need to get these signatures they they need to make. The politicians in city council feel comfortable in voting for this thing without an election. Um, you know, obviously anytime a politician votes, that's basically, that's their record, you know, that's their, that's their voting record. Uh, and, and yeah. politicians are, are realistically kind of held, they're held to, you know, either, I don't know, it's either a risk or a reward, you know, and I think that the, the wording that the guy used who I was talking to was, you know, but he wants to make sure that it, instead of being a risk, a political risk for these guys to vote, and gals, I should say, to vote to to sell the thing, they want to make it a political reward, because if they do get this thing passed, and if they do uh, wind up developing the property the way that they're talking about, this is going to be the best thing that ever could have happened for San Diego, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, from you, from a couple of the sources that I read from online, like I'm excited about the thing, man. I mean I'm I'm excited that it's a possibility that I'll be able to follow a soccer team from the beginning and yeah. actually learn because as you know, like I'm a good year and a half into this whole soccer thing and mm-hmm. it's got my it's got it's got my attention so far, so I'm like excited that now it might be – it's a possibility that it might be an MLS team in San Diego that I can follow from the beginning. So yeah. I'm actually really stoked about it. I'm actually really I'm stoked, stoked. stoked, and I'm behind it 100% Yeah.
0: Awesome. That, I'm, obviously, I'm glad to hear that. You know,
1: um, and one of the other cool things
0: is we we talking about so much about MLS, which is, you know, Major League Soccer for men. But one of the other questions yes. that someone asked these guys was, hey, you know, there's a professional women's league too would you guys be interested or open to having a women's team, you know, once you kind of get everything sorted out? And they basically, you know, Mm. the way that the guy answered the question, he didn't say yes or no because I feel like people never really say yes or no. They never never, want to answer questions directly. But he said um, out of the group of owners that they have, there are more owners with daughters than there are owners with sons. And actually I think he said there Mm. are more daughters and sons in our group. So, yes, is what he was saying. We would very much be open and willing and able to facilitate having a women's team here as well. You know, you look at the women's national team compared to the men's national team in this country, and our women's national team is actually significantly more successful than our men. So to have the ability, like you said, to have a team that works for both genders, you know, for everyone, really, uh, is also something that, that shouldn't be underestimated and shouldn't be ignored. I think it's really easy to get caught up in the hype about, you know, men's sports. But women's sports have a place in the world, too. And I don't think it should be as a second fiddle. You know, unfortunately, it kind of seems to be the way that it is. But, you know, for me, I was encouraged when, when he kind of gave that answer with a smile on his face. Yeah, we've got more daughters than we've got sons.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would that'd be, that'd be, that'd be dope for them to have women as a uh, too. That would be really, really... Really ill, man. But um mm-hmm. as far as as far as, as far as soccer in the city, is there any upcoming events that people hmm. should be paying attention to?
0: Yeah, I would say what's interesting is is so right now, and we kinda mentioned it before when you we were talking, the San Diego Soccer is an indoor soccer team. They play five right. five on five indoor. It's a different I mean for mm-hmm. me, I'm I'm what they call traditionalist. You know, eleven aside, outdoor soccer is is more my cup of tea than indoor. Right. But that being mm-hmm. said, it, it is effectively the same game, you know, effectively the same rules. Uh and indoor is actually a lot more kind of end to end and exciting. It's basically like counterattack hockey. You know, you go this way, you go that way. It's a very high scoring. So the San Diego Soccer's right. in the middle of their season right now, I think they're actually past the halfway point. There have a few more games left. Um I, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I would I would encourage all the listeners to check out sdsoccers.com, uh, I believe is their website. Uh, if you want to look up a guy named Ian Cook, he's a good friend of mine. He's their marketing director. You know, he can definitely hook it up with, you know, a you know, group ticket package or whatever. Check that out. The next thing that comes to mind is uh, in February and March, there are a couple local uh, outdoor teams that play in an amateur league called the NPSL. And one of them uh I think they they have some games coming up February eleventh I believe is their first preseason friendly their that 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 team is called Albion Pros. They play at Mission Bay high School right here in p b and then going further forward, i think into April May, the uh Soquel Surf have uh a season coming up as well. That's another kind of local uh amateur kind of college collegiate age uh summer league that some of the best players who will be in Major League Soccer in the next two or three years, basically when you're in college, it's almost like your college season is good and cool, but the college off-season is a lot of times where the PDO, uh, which is the league that SoCal Surf plays in, that's where they always encourage the best kind of you know D1 prospects to go play. So I would say keep an eye out for anything if you see SoCal Surf. They play up in Carlsbad, not too far from where I stay here in Point Loma. Um okay. those are the things that are that are kind of on the top of my head. I, I don't know too much else. I'd have to do some research, but between the soccers Albion and uh SilCal Surf, those are kind of the three teams that anyone who, who is looking for some soccer in the meantime while we wait on this MLS gig, I would encourage the listeners to kinda of get 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 familiar with that because you know, I think that it's important to get on board with the with the local I guess the support local movement, you know? you hear all this about shop local, you hear all this about drink local, you know, support local, whatever it is, whether it's your, your businesses, your neighbors, you know, your sports, what have you. Um, That's something I think is important. You know, it doesn't necessarily matter if you care about soccer or sports in general, but you know, if it's San Diego on the name, then, you know, it it kind of, you know, deserves, it's almost like your civic duty, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and that, to the San Diego Sockers, I was actually, I was actually able to experience the San Diego Sockers game with you. Which
0: Was true. It like last year? Was it like
1: yeah. last year, it was like yeah. I think it was yeah during the last
0: season. Yeah, it was actually. It was, I think it was about this time last year, January, February of last year is when he went to that game. Yeah. That do you remember? Was, do you remember? Do you remember
1: how many goals we saw? I. Honestly, I can't remember, but I remember it was a, it was it was it was exciting for me because I didn't even know we had an indoor professional soccer team like that. I didn't know we had that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah so then it was, it's it's I crazy. It, they're good though, and they're they're competitive. You know, I think I haven't looked at the standings, but I know they're competitive. They score a lot of goals.
1: Right. Yeah. That was mm. that was really exciting to see because that was my first time ever hearing about them. I was like, I actually want to. You know, I actually wanted to go experience that, and I remember hitting you up, and you was like, "Yeah, I'm down." <laughs> <laughs> yep, I mean, was, made it work. That was that was pretty fun, but yeah, for everything else, as far as the um, what was it, the MPSL? The um, N, things? yeah, the
0: MPSL. Look, realistically, yeah, there, there's a lot of different acronyms. I just threw out all the information. Actually, is on my website. I, like I said, you know, part of the reason that I know so much is because, unfortunately slash fortunately, it's my job to know. I'm the editor yeah. of, a, of a soccer news website called soccernation.com. So for any and all questions, uh, soccer related, San Diego related, uh, Southern California related, I would suggest that the readers, uh, check out the content that's there. You know, we have a podcast of our own that I'd like to get you on as a guest on some point. Uh, but yeah, we, we, sure. we basically cover all the, all the different leagues and all the different teams. So, you know, just scope out the website. dot soccernation.com. And that's where you can learn everything you need to know about soccer. Okay, and
1: if anybody wants to get in contact with you, how can they contact you, DK?
0: Oh, gosh, I'm everywhere. But realistically, <laughs> for me, probably, <laughs> just, I try, I try to put myself everywhere. Uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way to find me. Uh, it's just my first name and my middle name, it's at D-I-K-E-N-A-T-S-A-I, the Natsai is my name on Twitter. It's probably the easiest way. Or if you wanted to shoot me an email, it's my first name, which is D-I-K-E at soccerloco.com. That's uh, probably the best way to get a hold of me. There it
1: is, you guys. DK and well from Soccer Nation. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Um, if you guys didn't catch his email or anything else like that, make sure you wind it back. But, yeah, DK, I appreciate <laughs> you for letting me talk to you today, man. It was just a really good conversation, man. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate the opportunity to come on and, you know, talk to a slightly different uh, group of folks. Um, always, 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 always appreciate the time. You know, I got a lot of love for you from way back to the, was it the 1410 days? Um, so I appreciate you, uh, going out of your way to kind of, you know, give me this platform to talk about the things that I care about the most.
1: Yeah, no problem, bro. It was mainly, mainly it was, it was good for, you know, the people that are for, you know, football and then soccer. It was good for them to hear like my point of view and your point of view as well. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's important. I mean, just having conversations everybody. is important. Yeah, there's far too many people who have made up their minds for one reason or another, despite the fact that, you know, they've never really considered the, the opposite side. So, yeah, if you have any questions or if you think I said anything that's wrong, by all means, let me know, and we can have a conversation <laughs> about that.
1: <laughs> exactly, but, yeah, thanks again, man. I appreciate you. I'll be keeping in touch with you, man, through everything.
0: Always, man. Take care, man. You have a good
1: one. Hi, this is Terrence Young, Vice President here at Dry Express. Our expertise is water damage restoration, and we focus on helping potential clients restore their unfortunate situation back to normal. For those that would like to learn more information, they can go to our website at www.SanDiegoDryExpress.com, where they can learn useful information, or they can call us at 888 we're happy to help because customers are the key to our success, and we achieve our goals one customer at a time. Uh-huh. thunder, throw a light in the boat to float. Duller might have prototype, on rolling wild. I'm the spoken word, of deer looks spirit of bam. Down the block, around the shop, call us pack forty cows. Henny by the gallon, by the grace of God, escape with a maze and baby. Look what the '80s made. Hate me now, while I'm fifth in it. Five eleven, slim, Polo Ventis spit. Not a pocket piss cooked soul with water whip a pill pills. Dope synonyms. Dolo for the interim, he turned on him, he rose the nun. Yeah, I really did, the melanated Billy the Kid Bill Murray, real furry, boy, he's running the trench Bought in my French, I don't hang around suckers for shit Except your energy and life force, misfortune and trev i course in the wind, course for the wind so now, y'all, real quick. Uh-huh. Stand up, hands up Stand up, hands up, two, three, stand up, hands up, four, five, hands up, stand up, six, one line. Uh huh. Stand up, hands up, uh-huh. PCH. Uh huh.